And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me again is Rebecca Edmonds, who was on last episode. Because we're talking Smash Season 2. Okay, so this came out in February, February 5th, 2013. And it went until May 26, 2013. Teresa Raybeck is still credited as the creator. But this season, Joshua Safran is the showrunner. So you can clearly tell that it was a different person. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Chris Bacon was the series... Uh, was in charge of the series music and again music and lyrics by Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman and more but we'll get to that in a little bit okay last episode we did season one uh where I tried to say nice things about it and you were (laughs) you were just like I love it (laughs) nothing's really wrong with it (laughs) season two I feel like right off the bat season two gave me the fantasy that I wanted a little bit. They still had real world singing, quote unquote, where, you know, um, can't even think of a moment right now. Again, again, I block out the real world singing and I have now the show's song stuck in my head because there's another Mm -hmm. show that gets, that gets this, the steamroll effect. But let's do a quick recap of season two. Uh, so Bombshell, the show that was all of season one, is now moving to Broadway with some very drastic changes. Uh, that being both Derek and Karen are gone from the show. Megan Hilty's character, Ivy Lynn, comes back. She's clear of everything and a little more level-headed, and she's the head of she's now playing Marilyn. Mm-hmm. There's a rival show called Hit List, which starts at a at the fringe festival then goes to manhattan theater workshop then lands on broadway within the course of a week (laughs) (laughs) um and becomes bombshell's biggest competitor and then the show ends at the tonys where hitlist wins more but bombshell wins best musical and best actress in a leading role so and we get crystal rodriguez and Andy Minetis, is that how you say his last name? Uh, Mientes. Mientes. And Jeremy Jordan joined the cast. Woo! I love. <laughs> so, I have to ask right off the bat, are you Hitlist or are you Bombshell? Overall, I think I'm a Bombshell girl. I'm a Hitlist girl. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Hitlist, um, but I'm just... I'm a sucker for that like traditional classic musical theater like song and dance kind of show. That's fair. I I do love more contemporary or like pop based musicals. Um, but yeah, my heart's always going to be with that more like grandiose kind of production. I would, say. would you see Hitlist though? Oh yes, I would absolutely go to see it. 
Okay. I would prefer to be in Bombshell. I think, yes, that's where the difference is for me. <laughs> so I did, a little re- I did a little more research on this. Did you know that both Hitlist and Bombshell were performed as a stage version? Yeah, they did like a staged like concert version of it, right? Yeah, so uh, in 2015, Bombshell was performed in, in a concert version with the original cast returning for playing their parts. And it had Deborah Messing and Christian Borle as kind of narrators in a way, because they mm-hmm. did basically the songs. And since we didn't really see a lot of scenes or any scenes from Bombshell in the TV show, um, they read from Marilyn's diary and, the, and from diaries of other people. Um, if you do a little deep dig, you can find it on the YouTube, but yeah. I didn't mention that. <laughs> and then Hit List was performed at 54 Below as a full show. Right, because um, it's supposed to be a fully sung music, they had not. They had dialogue. Okay. It was dialogue. And again, if you search the depths of YouTube, I'm pretty sure you can find it on there. <laughs> It had the original cast return, except for Catherine McPhee, Carrie Manolakos, Manolakos. Oh, yes. Who was in the musical version of Lizzie. She played Lizzie Borden, replaced her. And oh my God, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. But I, again, I'm not condoning or, con- or I'm, I'm not promoting it. And NBC owns the rights to obviously both of them. There's no planned stage version for Hitlist as of this recording. God, I hope that something happens. Yeah. Um, and for Bombshell, though, we ended last episode with you talking about wanting to see the, sh- the show. It was planned. There, there was planned of it coming to Broadway in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing has happened yet. So what did you think of season two? <laughs> Ooh, season two. A lot happens. Yes, some interesting turns. Yeah. I think I did actually really like the idea of this other show and having like a competition between a more traditional style of a Broadway show as you think of it and then a a pop rock kind of show that doesn't really have, it's not like book and, and music. It's more, it's fully sung through similar to like a rent, which is what I think they oh. were trying to base it off of the, this whole storyline. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> other than the fact that it was a, a team of two guys writing it as opposed to just one person. Um, but yeah, yeah but- I mean, that whole storyline with the the book writer, Kyle, who ends up passing away previous to the show opening is just a complete nod to Jonathan Larson. And um, then they they had the pared down version. And then when they went to a song, they then found the energy and the and the love to then do it full out and blah, 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 blah. Right. Blah. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did really, I liked the two separate, things and I think it made sense you know I never I never really saw 
I think we always got this idea from season one that Derek wanted to do something more edgy with Bombshell Mm -hmm. that didn't jive with what Julia and Tom wanted and were writing. And so it made sense that he would break away from that and go out and do his own thing. I don't know how much I buy that Karen, who would have been making her Broadway debut in the ensemble of a show, but she that would have been her Broadway debut with Bombshell and that was guaranteed. She was the lead. Would just, yeah, as the lead, would walk away yeah. from that guaranteed thing to follow Derek and hope that he would get a show that would end up being on Broadway. Well, it wasn't to follow Derek. It was to follow Jeremy Jordan, if you think about it. <laughs> true, true. But like, yeah. Okay, so last week I talked about how I yelled at the TV because clearly um, time means nothing in this world, but they're, they're <laughs> basing it on reality, but time is yes. nothing. Um, I yelled at the TV for that reason. <laughs> Where I was like, Girl, Broadway debut as a lead. (laughs) Yeah, like the the lead. The world doesn't work this way where you're like, oh, I'm going to leave this because it doesn't fit with my artistic vision of what I think, how I think the characters should be portrayed. Um, Oh my God. If you hated Karen in season one, you're really going to hate her in season two. I mean, I could like, I, I was able to appreciate her in season one okay I obviously still liked Ivy more as a character even though she had moments where she but like she was a bitch but she wasn't shy about it if that makes any sense like Ivy just was who she was Karen was sneaky about being a bitch in certain ways in season one and then and then in season two she's just she's just a fucking moron just stupid so many times I don't I couldn't I was like oh no (laughs) I can't stand her at all during this whole season even more than season one (laughs) but we get Krista Rodriguez as her roommate that is true um I love Krista Rodriguez oh my god can we just which is interesting that I'm now just putting dots together Krista Rodriguez was in The Addams Family on Broadway, mm-hmm. right? Playing Wednesday Addams. And then you have Angelica Houston, famously yes. as Morticia Adams in the movie. I don't think the two of them shared the screen together ever. No, I don't know if they were ever in any scenes together. But it's just fascinating that you're like, ooh, Addams Family. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but... Um, it was interesting how you have these new characters and now this new show and you see them being interwoven with other, with, with Bombshell in a way. Mm-hmm. Like um, you have Christian Burl's character help Andy Manettis' character writing songs for it. And then um, even Deborah Messing helps to ghostwrite and there was that whole ghostwriting episode which was very fascinating although i'm not sure how true it is but <laughs> um it yeah. was very I liked, well done i liked the episode uh where they brought in a dramaturg for mm-hmm. bombshell to kind of help them 
with some of the book problems. Which then paid off later because she dramaturged Hit List. Yes. Okay, Jeremy Jordan. Let's talk Jeremy Jordan for a second. The character is obviously the bad boy mm-hmm. that all the that all the girls spoon over. There's only so much that I feel like you can be a bad boy and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was an issue with. I'm going to say it was an issue with the writing because I think Jeremy Jordan is a very talented actor, but there would be so many times where he'd go from zero to a hundred on like his rage where I was like, whoa, where, where is this coming from? And it was never fully explained. And maybe that's because they didn't, they never got another season after this, but they never really delved into what his issues were. They Um, glossed over it where he was, uh, he was recovering drug addict. Yeah. Or something. And And then issues with his family like I I didn't know but like you see the parallels with Julia and with Deborah Messing's character and with his character needing a dramaturg but like you kind of understand why Deborah Messing would react that way because she's never had one in her career and from what's been established in season one they are a writing team so like they've they had hits left and right yeah and then he acts the same way and it's this is his first show (laughs) right he has this ego that like you can't touch our show it's perfect the way it is I don't want anything to change about it we all saw that episode where they did the like pizza reading in their apartment with just you know Karen called a bunch of friends to come and that's a reading that's how a reading is done. <laughs> and they're just, you know, sitting there with pizza and beer and like they do, they read it through. But it's very clear from that early episode that the script for Hit List is bad. Like Kyle is not a good writer at first. He has, he works at it. So then to go from like that, where Jeremy's character knows it's bad, to then they're producing it and they bring someone else in to help with the writing of the book and he's like no it's perfect nothing needs to change (laughs) we're like wait i don't i'm confused (laughs) so to go back to that studio 50 that the 54 below performance that they did uh julia branwell actually wrote the book and has songs that were not featured in the show oh cool um and then i said that shaman and whitman come back and then there's more writers so i'm gonna drop some names for you and see how much you know if you know them mm-hmm. there's lucy silvis who wrote three songs for hit list um she's a singer songwriter then you have drew gasparini mm-hmm. um he wrote good for you andrew mcmahon from jack's Bannigan the band wrote three songs oh that's um, so cool okay here's and then i saved these these ones for last you've got joe iconis mm-hmm. you know he just wrote three songs whatever for <laughs> he wrote broadway here i come which now that i say this does it make sense like do yes. you hear him oh yeah yeah absolutely for those of you who don't know joe iconis he wrote be more chill the musical and then he also has another album 
that is a song cycle that I can't remember the name of right now. So we're going to move on. And then you've got, <laughs> and these are the two I saved for last. Benj Pasek and Justin Paul mm-hmm. famously wrote Dear Evan Hansen. You know, just yeah, that little thing. Just that show. And, you know, the music and lyrics for uh, The Greatest Showman. No, oh, yeah, just Evan. Just Evan. Just Evan. <laughs> Evan. <laughs> they wrote three, they are credited for three of the songs in Hit List. It's so unfortunate that there is no album of all of these songs. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. If you watch the YouTube video, <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the YouTube video of them at 54 Below, it's pretty awesome. It's not a bad show. I would love to see it. Well, love to work on it and see it and do it everything. I can see why they're not releasing it because <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they probably want bombshell to be the the show from smash but guys it's gonna it's hit list let's be real here (laughs) (laughs) listen to your writers who made hit list the the bigger show well and especially right now as as much as i love the music from bombshell and would love to see that as a show i think the music from hit list is much more marketable there's just a wider audience for it right Mm. now i just see seem to think that these big, um, these more like pop infused shows are what's hot right now in the yeah. world of mu- musical theater. The last three names that I said, like Be More Chill was the most anticipated Broadway show last year in 2019, mm-hmm. whenever it came out. And then Pe- Pesic and Paul, like, you know, Greatest Showman, yeah. Dear Evan Hansen, huge. whatever. who are they again i don't i I don't i don't know who they are (laughs) um how did you feel with um the me too of Derek? yes how did you feel about how that was handled in this season i thought it was interesting because there was some sort of um it seemed like he kind of got like a slap on the wrist of Mm. like okay we're gonna he got blackmailed basically um that this girl was like you're gonna cast me in this role or i'm gonna sue you for harassment because that's the way to go about harassment (laughs) right blackmail so it's like in a sense he got screwed but really he didn't because he's still like credited for the direction of the show like he still won a tony award won it yes (laughs) And poor Krista Rodriguez gets kicked out of the her role and making her Broadway debut because he was an ass and slept with this dancer who then ended up blackmailing him. So it's like, he was the one that should have been punished. Right. But he really didn't get punished for it. Um, yeah, it's, it's so upsetting. <laughs> yes. Because, like, you have this woman... That you meet her earlier in the series and then you forget her for a couple episodes and then she pops back up. And at first I was just like, who are you again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she blackmails him to be on the show because he's getting traction and blah, 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 blah. And then you're just like, God damn, you're like not giving it to Krista Rodriguez, who is legend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it, it was a disappointing way to handle it yes. and then then by the end of the series for ivy to get pregnant with his child oh my god i forgot and, that happened 
<laughs> so then they're like they're together <laughs> that is what you kind of assume by the end of it like he goes to see her and he's like yes like let's raise this baby together i feel like though like yes he's an awful person but i feel like him and ivy work yes i i do agree with that in a way because like you even see it when he's having issues with hit list and she's now the miserly character <laughs> i guess that's what happened when you when she went to rehab and <laughs> right. realized her life went to shit you know she comes back and she's like i'm the all-knowing ivy lynn it seems like they oddly work and this season you're not you're not against her like you mm-hmm. were in, like the way that they wrote her in season one in season two they're just like oh what are we gonna do with ivy uh uh uh, uh. <laughs> right yeah there there was still some odd sense of like competition between them at that after the point like once it was the two shows and then so then they're competing for oh who's gonna win the tony and i was i just didn't understand but i guess this is always the case we're always gonna pit the two women against each other instead of them which they do eventually i think they become friends in some sort of weird way yeah like they start the season out being like let's be friends okay and then they have a duet at some point and then they slowly become friends again like every episode yeah (laughs) i just feel like at the end they ended on good terms maybe they're not friends but they're little more than acquaintances and they're Mm -hmm. not obviously uh enemies but yeah it all boils down to all about eve (laughs) absolutely it's always you're gonna have the diva and the younger one that's like i'm gonna which had marilyn monroe in it so it seems even more put (laughs) even more to mention it okay i have another little tidbit of information that you may enjoy again i got this from wikipedia so a grain of salt (laughs) as of may 2020 a musical based solely on the plot of the show Smash was in the works for a Broadway production and Steven Spielberg is attached as a producer. Oh, I think I heard this. How do you feel about that? Confused. I mean, it's 40, <laughs> like, like I said last week, it's 42nd Street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, are they gonna... Maybe they're gonna They're just do... going to do the plot of maybe the first season and I would rather the plot the of the second season, personally. You know, instead yeah. of have it be two rivaling shows and like have them go back at the cast like switch shows and you know, the director storms off of one set and goes on to the other and mm-hmm. I feel like that might be a newer take on this story than season one personally who knows if they're actually going to listen to this (laughs) but if 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 somebody's listening to this give it give it the season two treatment personally yeah i think that's a show we haven't seen before right because like you said it's the particularly the first season is similar to 42nd street oh Um, buddy give me time i'm pretty sure i could find more yeah (laughs) I was I re- I just read that and I was like, ooh, I have to mention this because it's so interesting. Yeah, I think I mean instead of putting we'll one of the shows that they did on the TV show as a Broadway production, they're doing something different. 
<laughs> right. Doesn't make again. I would maybe sooner see Bombshell or Hit List produced as fully realized musicals before they would make a musical version of Smash. Yes. I mean, you don't even have to have the original cast come back for either of those shows. Right. I mean, cast Krista Rodriguez, for sure. But <laughs> I, you don't have to have uh, Catherine Mc, Kat McPhee or, or Megan Hilty or hell, even Christian Borle because he sang a song for... Yes, he's in season one. He sang a song from the show Bombshell. Mm-hmm. And then in season two, he's the director. Yes. <laughs> oh God, that came out of nowhere. Such a random plot twist that they were like, well, we need a director. Do you want to direct it, Tom? <laughs> like, uh, what? <laughs> Plus he gave, he was giving actors like line readings or some, or, or directing them. And it's like, that's not your job. That You yeah. never do that. In, in this industry and in film industry, you know your place and that's it. You mm-hmm. do not cross lines because it's all unions and things and other things like that, that like he could have been blacklisted. Yeah. No offense yeah. to you liking the show, but <laughs> in reality. I totally understand. <laughs> in the reality of like the real world of musical theater, absolutely. That would not have flown for the writer to be giving like direction and um line readings to actors before he was even put in the position uh, of director um yeah and kind of going against what the actual director at the time wanted uh it's not good it's not good (laughs) it's not real i want it to be real i if you wanted to be real and follow realism, you would have done it differently. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about Julia a little bit, where she makes amends with her husband as well. Yes. And the other guy is gone. He's out of the picture entirely. Right. Uh, oh, wait, no. There is like a little bit of a wrap up with it, right? They wrap it up, Yes. Where he tries to come back to her. He's like, I left my wife. And she's just like, no. Yeah. Um, We talked about Derek. We talked about Ivy. We talked about Karen. Oh, we didn't talk about Angelica Houston as much. Um, There's not really much to talk about because she's... Well, the the bar boyfriend goes to jail because he's a shady man. Right. (laughs) And she's trying to get the show on Broadway. And that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Again, still on whatever cloud that she was on in season one. Just floating. Just floating. I'm Angelica <laughs> Houston. That's it. That's all she had. That's all she did. <laughs> I found uh, it interesting that she was, I don't know how much of this is like realistic either, that a producer would be so involved in the process of creating the show where she was at all of the rehearsals and was so closely like knit with that team. I mean, I think in some cases that certainly happens. Yeah. Yeah. She's also Angelica Houston. Like you have to, you have well, to yeah, I mean, the screen she, time. Right. <laughs> Legend. Oh, um, Bernadette Peters. She comes back. Yes. And 
Tom casts her as Norma Jean's mother mm-hmm. against Ivy's obvious like body language that she's against it. Right. If that was you, if you were Ivy in this situation and like, you know, you had you grew up with that mother and you knew what it was like, how would you feel? Would you like bite your bite your lip and be a team player and be like, okay, it's good. it's the show? Or would you like actually set the go to the director and be like, uh <laughs> you know my history with my mom, right? I mean yeah, I think I would have been, particularly knowing the friendship that uh, Ivy and Tom supposedly have, yeah. that he didn't really, like, talk to her about it all that much. He didn't really give her any warning. It was just kind of, this is what's best for the show. This is what we're doing. And in one sense, yes, the, like, theater person in me is like, the show must go on. You just, you get through it. You got to do what you got to do. So probably I would have just been like, all right, it's better for the show this way. I'll figure out a way to handle it. But I would have been pissed. I feel like I, I would have felt the same way that Ivy did, that I would probably not talk to you for a while if you did that to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. She's a name and you want, you, that's what you need for butts and seats. But like, he, he should have talked to her more. Yeah. Rather than go behind her back and do it. Absolutely. A little more humanity in my in my Tom. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, I think it wasn't necessarily a decision that I feel like that character would make, maybe. I don't Ooh. know. Like, he all of a sudden just turned into this shrewd director that was like, I don't really care if this is going to bother my good friend who I've known for a decade. Like. Because last episode, I talked about Leslie Odom Jr., who is in this season Tom's new boyfriend, mm-hmm. but Leslie Odom Jr. was in, always in her corner, and so was Tom. If I'm, yeah, yeah, even in season one, Tom was always the one rooting for Ivy and always wanted her as the lead. So you'd think that once she was the lead, something that big, he would have been a person over being a new director mm-hmm. i don't know it was it was just screaming <laughs> <laughs> all the time but yes leslie odom jr comes back as tom's boyfriend hooray we have a boyfriend we have boyfriends yay and they kind of work <laughs> yeah you know it's very interesting too so it was like okay, we're allowed, we can have a a gay relationship portrayed on this TV show. But both of the actors are straight. And it's just a very interesting, and I love both of them. I think they play the roles well. But it's just very interesting that we, you know, of course, there's plenty of gay actors in this world that you could have cast in these roles. And you specifically chose to cast straight actors to play gay men just a very interesting world that we're i had to look it up because i didn't know if christian brawl was straight or not and i was just like wait what (laughs) he's straight (laughs) yeah he plays gay well and i I don't think he plays it too like stereotypical no he's he's not like james corden in the prom which i have thoughts (laughs) and feelings on 
so but, many thoughts and feelings. But so many, but this is a, that's a different episode. <laughs> but yeah, he played it. He played it well, and it was very, it was very interesting how those characters were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like how uh, Leslie Adam Jr. is like mistreated on Bombshell and then also moves to Hit List. It's, I'm like, none of this happens in real life. Yes. <laughs> Are we, we're just pretending now? Great. Awesome. Thanks guys. This is what I wanted, but you spoiled it because season one, you were shouting the whole time. We are not in a fantasy land. This is reality. Exactly. Uh, is there anything else you want to bring up that we that we missed? I do you want to say that guy from Jack's Mannequin though wrote "Reach for Me"? Yes. You know that one song, which I have a good segue into "Sharp and Flat." Perfect. Let's do it. Sharp flat. So in this section, we'll, we, we're going to highlight some moments. And if we liked it, it's obviously sharp. And if we didn't like it, it was flat. Um, I want to go first because I have a sexy segue. Yes. <laughs> Reach for me. <laughs> that song. Oh, my God. That performance. I don't know how, <laughs> if, it, if it could actually happen in real life. It can't. But that performance was beautiful. And Amazing. And then Krista Rodriguez, this whole season, I was just like, yes, diva, queen. (laughs) I loved the addition of that, of her character. Because. Yeah. And she's just beautiful. The entire, like just beautiful performances. Like she's a bright spot in sometimes like the muddiness of the drama that's happens with other characters that she's just like lovely and beautiful (laughs) because she's supposed to obviously things happen during the season where karen is supposed to feel a little threatened by and she's supposed to feel threatened by krista rodriguez's character but like the whole time krista rodriguez is just like girl this is happening to me as well i'm not asking for any of this i didn't want them to rewrite the whole show to focus now on the diva instead of your character it just happened yeah and again in the world of like musical theater at least for the most part of the people that I've experienced you would want what's going to again what's going to serve the show the most and like make the show the best it can be as opposed to oh well she's taking all my songs like right like get over yourself (laughs) it's not the show's not about you like I said like I said last episode, the show's not frozen until it opens on Broadway. Right. Anything can change. So get used to it. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have a sharp? Um, Any sharps? <laughs> yeah. For me, um, so there's this an event for, I don't know, some kind of like theater event that's supposed to take place Um like a donor's dinner or luncheon or something that Karen is supposed to sing a song from bombshell for. And she gets caught up doing something for hit list and they call up Ivy to have her come in and do it. Oh, and she sings the song. They just keep moving the line. Yeah. The that's uh, Nick Jonas's like birthday or something. So that was actually in season one. That was in season one. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's some kind of event that they, 
that Karen's supposed to perform for. Um, Is this the Jen- Jennifer Hudson's? Jennifer Hudson's also in this season. <laughs> yes. Remember that? Oh we almost but forgot. Is- is this supposed to be her show that you're talking about or is this another a different event it's a different event there's a lot of events that happen (laughs) yeah there's some sort of like special luncheon or dinner or something for like the theater wing oh i remember where they um where they crash it right yeah so i don't even know how maybe they weren't like tom and julia weren't invited but karen was supposed to sing i don't know but anyway, <laughs> Ivy ends up coming in and singing and that performance blew me away. And I immediately, that's what I was talking about last week. Um, all the girls putting all these songs in their audition books. Immediately, I was like, I need the music to that song. I'm putting it in my book. I have used it in auditions. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I, I was that, that little musical theater girl that was like, yes, me. <laughs> At least it wasn't Let Me Be Your Star. I'll yes, give- that's. That is true. <laughs> I didn't use that one. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you have a flat from this season? Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier. Karen, the entire <laughs> <laughs> She's such a Karen. <laughs> just, yeah, like she is a Karen this whole season. She's like acting entitled to, you know, and I get it like in a sense she brought this show to Derek and she's the reason why it's getting produced or whatever um yeah, she's acting like a producer yeah but she a line producer or something has this attitude the whole time and she's a jerk to her friend when like you know things start to move in that direction where like Ava's getting more attention in the role of the diva and it's just like you're annoying girl I can't <laughs> you know it's yeah, also I think that inter- was my flat. you know it's also interesting here's another one that I'm connecting the dots to but Krista Rodriguez and Andy Minettis would later star in Spring Awakening, the revival, yeah, which they did. Have you, have you seen it? Did you see it? No, unfortunately, I played the lottery so many times to try to win tickets to it, and I couldn't. Oh my god! Win. I bought tickets because that's when I had money, and mm-hmm. I cried the first time. It was beautiful. Yeah. But then you know, Andy Minettis was the one in charge of their YouTube page, I believe like doing the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, right. Uh, and on that note, my flat is the, how they treated his character. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, you couldn't have kept him alive. Like, I get it that they needed the sacrificial lamb to then boost the show. But I was just like, guys, like, did it have to be about Jonathan Larson? Right. Did it really need to follow Yeah, did that? we did we need to go the rent route with this? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. When this season came out originally, I watched the first few episodes and then I stopped. Mm-hmm. So now doing this recent rewatch of it, I watched all of it and I was like, I don't remember this happened. Clearly <laughs> uh, that episode didn't watch. So I was so when he died, I was just like, oh, what? Yeah, it was like, it was a shocker. I do remember watching it when it came out and I was like oh my god and the following episode after he died um that is actually I should bring this up that's another like sharp for me something a hive moment in the season was Jeremy's performance of the love I meant to say it's just Mm. like a really pretty like song and you know him singing it with the emotion of 
his best friend and writing partner just died. It was just really beautiful. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. I thought that was a great moment for him. I have another flat. Um, <laughs> Go for I, it. I did not like the Tonys. Oh, yeah. Or the ending of it. Because I was just like, this is how it's going to end. <laughs> like, you're ending it with this? Uh, it was just, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. It, it was very clear that it was like, oh, shit, we have to wrap everything up. Yeah, and they were. Because if, we don't have another season to do anything. It felt like they were going with a, um, with like a Chicago feel, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it, uh, it, mm, no, not my favorite. They were like, oh, we have to write a song called Smash for the show Smash. <laughs> well, they did in season one. They had that one number that the women sang. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, this ending was just uh, trying to find when he dies. Sorry, I'm wasting too much time because I need to find a song because I actually did like a non-musical song. Oh, yeah. Uh, Liza Minnelli was in this season? I clearly forgot. Oh, yeah. So this that's he, Tom gets her to perform a song that he wrote as like a sorry to Ivy. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. So many random cameos that you forget about. <laughs> Wait, when does he die in that? And Daphne Rubin Vega? Oh, sh- oh, right. She was in this season. <laughs> he was like their publicist or something for Bombshell. Yes. Um, is it this episode where he dies? I can't remember. Anyway. Is there a, there is a song that he sings before he dies or something? Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. And I can't remember. Crap. I have to now Google it because I need that song. There's that one song. Hey, everyone. Future John here. We spent some time looking for a song. Turns out it wasn't when Andy Manettis' character dies. It's in the epi- a few episodes before that. So I had to cut all of that out. But please enjoy the rest of the episode. We found it. And that's going to be so much time that I have to edit out. But whatever. It's easy, easy cut. <laughs> Let's get to the question that ends the episode. Mm-hmm. What songs would you end, add to your life's playlist? Oh, there's a lot of really good songs on this season i think the addition of the hit list songs i love (laughs) yeah i really liked broadway here i come the love i meant to say just keep moving the line secondhand white baby grand (laughs) which broadway here i come happens a few times yes so would you add all of them or is there one specific one that you're you have in mind i prefer the or the very first time we hear it the jeremy jordan version of it um okay i don't know there's just something about his voice that gets me (laughs) speaks to your soul yes i on the other hand as much as i was shitting on how they did it like the opening night performance of it because that's the one with everyone Mm -hmm. 
I didn't realize how much I actually liked that song until I list I watched it for realsies. <laughs> because I was, you know, like I said last week, of course I downloaded all the music because I'm an idiot like that and gave them my money. But I didn't realize how good of a song that was. And it's such mm-hmm. a good song. And then Reach for Me, like yeah. uh Aerialist aside, it is a fantastic song. And then there is one song that I actually liked that had nothing to do with the musical, <laughs> with the musicals. And it's Everybody Loves You Now, which I had to do a little digging to find that one that song. But that's <laughs> but that's Andy Minettis singing. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I have that image of him walking down the street at night looking for Jeremy Jordan and obviously it's cold out and you can see his breath and all that. But I was just like, yep, this is a good song. Yeah. And you're a great singer. Please be in everything. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. I think he's great. Uh, That's the end. We did it. We did it again. (laughs) Rebecca, do you have anything new you want to promote from last week? (laughs) Uh, no, I mean, just, you know, if you're not already, follow me on Instagram at It's Becca Ellen. Um, and same on Twitter and TikTok if you have either of those. Yeah, she needs and... the likes on TikTok. Come on, guys. Let's make her mm-hmm. an internet sensation. Yes, like, make me go viral. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I have then... a couple um covers of Smash songs on my tiktok so check it out maybe whenever this episode comes out you can do another one yeah i'll let you i'll let you know (laughs) um if you guys haven't have any thoughts on season two you can email me at butasongpod at gmail.com or you can look for the podcasts on all the social medias except for tiktok because i don't understand it um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at But A Song Pod. You can tell me that I'm wrong about things, I guess, but like, okay, <laughs> it's my opinion, goddammit. And on the next episode, we're going to have a new guest because that's the, that's how we do it the, on this podcast, and we're going to talk about Funny Girl. Yes. I have such a surprise for you guys. Hopefully you come back and listen to it because you're going to want to listen to this person talk about it. Um, So Broadway, here we come. (laughs) I tried. I tried so hard. (laughs) I love it. It's the effort. It's the the, effort. The thought counts. Yes. Yes. Segue out. Bye, guys. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.